Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> oh, what's that? This is what I sent Polly for her birthday. Oh. Right. Do I have a porn star martini <laughs> or a rhubarb cosmopolitan? So, do you want us to choose which one? I do. Which one? Well, it's got to be the porn star I martini. I think it's got to be the porn star I, martini. I was thinking exactly that. Now, I have got a proper... Cocktail glass. Oh, I've got a proper martini glass. What I don't have is, is crushed ice, so I've just got one massive ice cube. <laughs> to anybody, anyone who can't, well, everyone can't see this except for you two. So to listeners, this looks like a bag that you get on a saline drip. It does. But it's got porn star martini. It's because it. it was they, sent through the post to make it But they're amazing. They look like, so this is a gift from Helen. These cocktails look like... The little blood bank bags, oh, but with so it's pla- that one's plasma. That one's plasma. That plasma, yeah. So I let love me. Them. Oh look! At, oh my god! I'm gonna do this in front of you. Look at this! Look at this! Also, very interesting. They've branded that as a porn star martini. So clearly, Marks and Spencers or Sainsburys or whoever had the passion star ma- martini, they just didn't want to use the word porn. They can't write porn on a Sainsburys. So it wasn't copyrighted so after all. It's very syrupy. It looks. It looks strong. <laughs> Holy shit! Is it going to be watered down? Well, <laughs> well, martinis are very, very, very strong. Martinis I can't are really very drink strong. Marti- martinis, and I love drinking. But once that ice starts to once like, that melts, yeah, it will be all right. Be, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that. And once that massive ice cube melts, I think it'll be slightly better. Cheers, cheers, my dear. It's <laughs> so strong. This is so Paul, strong. Paul, Paul going to be hammered, and this is quite a complicated episode. <laughs> I don't even understand it so much. It wasn't that complicated. There's one bit where Charlotte <laughs> seems to make it as complicated as it could possibly be. And I'm like, what are you doing, woman? They all make it anyway. a bit more complicated. Than it actually they? is, yeah. Than it so, actually is. Right, welcome, anyway. welcome to Lovejoy Actually, a recap podcast about Lovejoy. Woohoo! Hi, I'm Em. I'm Helen. And I'm Paul. Hello, everyone. And today we're talking about Series 5, Episode 12... We're nearly there. We're nearly in North Carolina. Only one more episode after this and then we're in North Carolina. I'm so excited. Um, So, yeah, Series 5, Episode 12 is called Never Judge a Book by Its Cover. And So when I was writing down the title in my notes, because I'm very thorough, um, every time I write the word it's, because I think I had a reasonably good education, but for some reason no one told me until I was like well into secondary school... That there's it's with an apostrophe and it's without an apostrophe. Yeah. Like I was well, I was like 40. <laughs> and I had had a short story published people... by the time somebody told me that. Yeah. And so, and like, so oh, really? <laughs> and because it was so late on and I really had to consciously, because obviously by that time you've, you, you're used to reading and writing, you know, you mm. don't really think about it. So I had to make a conscious effort. So even now, like it doesn't 25 really make years... sense though, because you would say Helen's book, yeah, Helen apostrophe S. So if it's, it's book, book it cover, would replace cover. like it, it yeah i don't it, there isn't actually and, and i get annoyed when people get it wrong just because i'm a complete grammar nerd but actually there isn't a logic it's there's not no logic, logic to english there's a there? logic to actively putting it in on it is but uh as in you know yeah. because you're missing a letter but actually if you're going to say helen apostrophe s book poll's a, a poll apostrophe s's book yeah, exactly. So you know, but it's, even now, every time I write the word "it's," like 
I have to, it's like a weird Do you like thing. Flinch at I it? still think that it's not a word without the apostrophe. Anyway, that's complete tangent, but. <laughs> Every time Polly takes a drink, I'm just staring intently at her on the Zoom. Like, is she going to be all it right? It is so strong. I really should have got more than one ice cube. <laughs> so the UK TV play summary. Um, so they've just they've just gone lazy now. So the description... <laughs> we had that last time. It was a bit like Oh, that. this is... Well, this is even more lazy. So all they're saying is, much-loved drama series. I mean, it's true. And by oh. this point, does it need an explanation? And then the actual thing, the actual description of the episode, Lovejoy, Charlotte, 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 not Charlotte, Charlotte. I said Charlotte. it in a very weird way. Charlotte. Lovejoy, Charlotte and Gimbert hunt for religious books at a Cambridge antiques fair where Lovejoy finds a rare Bible. Um, Which turns out not to be all that rare. They do literally just watch the first 30 seconds of the episode, don't they? And go, and go great, okay, I've got this. Found a Bible. Gimbert Book Fair Bible. I mean, it is about... So there is a Cambridge Antiques Fair. There is a Bible. Uh, he doesn't find it there. He doesn't though, does find he? it at the fair, no. Nope. Factually inaccurate. Nope. B minus. Also, should Bible have a capital B? Yes, because it's the Bible. Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise so it just means book. He just finds a book. Yeah. Doesn't it? So, as in Biblio. Yeah. Bi- yeah. So... A Bible as in a the, Christ, the, the Christian Bible. Definitely capital, capital B. B. Yeah, so in the description it didn't have a capital B either. So I wouldn't I mar- even give him a B minus. I marked them down for that as well. I'd send him back. Gonna, I'm going to say a C, not a B minus. Anyway. Yeah, not could do better. Um, and I think it's a new writer for the actual the, the episode itself, isn't it? Who is it? Guy, is it a guy called Colin Schindler? Do you know what? I was so distracted by two other things in the title that I in the credits that I didn't pay attention oh, to. Wrote it. Oh, <laughs> Well, I guest stars. I never watch the credits, which is why I'm always like surprised by the guest star. Oh, you must have had such a lovely surprise. Oh, it's a lovely surprise. For some reason, Polly hadn't told either of us in advance, so I had my lovely surprise within the credits. But we'll come to it. And I had it. There's always a lovely surprise. There's always somebody that you go, "Oh my god, it's them!" Yeah. Um, The opening of this episode was a significant surprise to me because the shot of Cambridge was somewhere where the punts were going under the bridge was somewhere that I've actually sort of sat and had a picnic and had a lovely time and spent the afternoon a lovely time it did remind me of Venice quite a lot (laughs) (laughs) and it it was it was just such a shocker I guess because we haven't been going anywhere or doing anything because of lockdown that I was like oh my god I once went to Cambridge and sat by a canal do you know what this is this is how my my sort of my ambitions have got much simpler because a year ago I'm like, oh, where are we going to go? You know, I went to Japan last year. Where are we going to go mm. this year? Now I'm like, oh, weekend in Cambridge would be lovely. I, <laughs> I, I actually wrote down, I do miss going to places. <laughs> and like, and for our international listeners, I mean, listeners, I mean, Cambridge is like literally 50 miles from where I live. Yeah, it's, it's probably, not it's, far. You can go on a day trip as I did. <laughs> even closer to Polly, you know, it's like, this is not somewhere that's like, Oh, but it, yeah, well, I could go up there for lunch legitimately and then come back and not feel like I'd completely yeah. wasted a day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you can't um, walk on the grass unless you're a fellow. No. Well, if, if you're, yeah, if you're a, an academic, you can walk on the grass. But we're not yet. Perhaps no. one day. Perhaps one day we all will be. Um, so, yeah, we're in Cambridge, which is lovely and beautiful. And I was the same, because I feel it's so familiar, but I because I haven't been mm. anywhere. It was so weird to see it and think, like you say, oh, I used to do things like 
go to places. Yeah. You see, and you see King's College Chapel, and you see that yeah, it's oh, all very yeah. beautiful. And obviously, they we get, get past the fudge shop. I always remember the fudge shop. <laughs> oh, the fudge shop. shop. Oh, yes. The fudge shop. I love the fudge <laughs> shop. Um, and we get so Charlotte and Lovejoy there, and we get the little just reminder that Charlotte studied at Cambridge. Charlotte is in in her element. Well, do you know what I'm wondering? I'm wondering if this episode was in my subconscious, and I remember the episode um, because I remember, and in fact, it was about Bibles, and I, I just found it very funny at the time when when I was a teenager. Now I applied, I did not get in. I hasten to add, I'm not as clever as Charlotte, but I applied to Cambridge, and I remember my school saying, "Well, you know, you might as well have a bash at one of them. Do you want to apply to Oxford or Cambridge?" For some reason, I never wanted to go to Oxford. I always wanted to go to Cambridge. I only and wanted I to go want... to Oxford. No, <laughs> Cambridge. I wonder... I'm Team Cambridge. I'm Team I'm Cambridge. No, I, I think I'm it was Oxford partly because of the footlights, because I fancied myself as vaguely amusing, and I think it was. I reckon, even though I didn't consciously think it, it was because Charlotte Cavendish went there. Yeah, I'm sure it was. No, I was going to say. I mean, I grew up. Oxford so I was never going to go there um <laughs> so 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 they're in Cambridge as as UK TV play have already told us they got this bit right they're in Cambridge for an antiques fair like a and it's including books and Gimbert's there as well because basically his project his current project is to um is to uh bookify book book stock what's this the word was like the most charlie thing Ever. I've just got the word is embooken. He wants to embooken his library, and so and he's got. Later on, we find out that his plan for the library is he's going to have it's got an ecclesiastical theme, oh, so and funny. all the all the books on the top shelves are going to be about heaven, and all the books on the bottom shelves are going to be about hell. I'm sorry, I loved that. I was like, go with it, Charlie. I love it. I love it. He doesn't give a shit, does he? And and we find out that Gimbert, Gimbert and Charlotte are staying there, but Lovejoy is commuting now. I actually thought. I don't no. think it's that far. Here she it? goes it's again. <laughs> so I actually, I actually did research. You looked it up. Did you look it up on Google Maps? I actually did research. It's only, it's only 40 miles from Cambridge to Lavo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's like so a, they don't need to stay in a it's hotel. Like a, and actually, an hour's it's, drive. It suggests he's just being a little bit sleazy. Although, I don't know. No, he is being a little bit sleazy. Yeah, I think, I think if you find he's out He's his money around, staying. isn't he? Yeah. Because Charlotte can probably is. put it on expenses, right? So maybe he found out Charlotte was yeah. staying and then he was like, well, then, I'll stay oh, too then. Stay. I tell you what, it is a real hotel and it's a gorgeous hotel. Oh, because lovely. we stayed there. My cousin got married in Cambridge and we stayed there and it is so nice. The University Arms. Give us a free University room. Arms. It exists. Please give it, us it's, a free room. It's, it's quite nice, yeah. Lovely. But then this Love episode jo- is sponsored by the University <laughs> Arms in Cambridge. Though they don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Currently closed due to the pandemic. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So Lovejoy Love says, oh, I'm commuting, but I brought my toothbrush, wink, wink. And I was like, oh, it's a bit saucy. But then actually it turns out a little He's while later. He's bought a toothbrush. I, like, I thought he was like me and he just carries his travel toothbrush everywhere he goes. But of course it was like an 18th <laughs> just century. Just in case. <laughs> but it yeah. was an 18th century like silver toothbrush. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a nice bit of fourth wall breakage, actually. I quite enjoyed learning about the toothbrush, although I can't remember anything. I can't remember anything. I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to remember my name in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Excellent. And then in the meantime, um, Beth and Tink are also on the case for the books for Charlie. They're flyering. Oh, yeah. And so they fly this one particular house where I, I, I can't believe I wrote this. This is so sexist and ages. I wrote, two old maids get very, oh. exci- get very excited by the flyer. And then I put nuns because they, they're like... They're, they did look a bit like nuns. There was they a, were, a suggestion of religiosity, is that what it, it was? It was straight away when you realised what they're called and I got to the whole uh, faith, hope and love joy. Yeah. Aww. Well, all I've written in this bit, actually, is Tink and Beth go door-to-door on bikes, um, 
trying to find books. They're flyering for books. And then I've written Faith and Hope Got a Flyer. So I'd already decided by this point I knew exactly who these women were. Faith and Hope. Yeah, yeah that's Just, their names. And so they're, they're religious. They're very sweet old ladies and they're very excited. So you think, oh, they must have some books to sell or see, something. Helen had written that. I've written two weird old women who look like they're extras in Monty Python. <laughs> they did. They, did. <laughs> <laughs> they look like Eric Idle's women, which were these sort of sweet, slightly balmy, but uh, slight, sort of are semi-refined. There any, are there any ladies here? and then and then i just um then there's like a sort of unimportant scene where they're having lunch apart from tink brings beth and lovejoy cuppa soups for lunch which are which are so disgusting aren't they could you still get them i bet you can you can we we have them in the cupboard because it it is the only reason they're the only time i do quite like them and it's the minestrone ones that i quite like uh, if i've got a really bad cold because it's that sort of hot and it's got that fake taste that you can taste. Yeah. You know, even if you'd rather not. And do you know thing. what? I'm a fan of a savoury sort of drink. No, There I aren't am. enough savoury drinks in my Surely view. a savoury drink is just soup. What's a savoury drink? <laughs> well, because a cup of soup is more watery. It's, it's very watery yeah, miso. Soup. You can have miso soup. Yeah. is nice, which is, is a soup, but, but a not soup. in the same way. Yeah, but it's not as... But you drink... I suppose a cup of soup is like you drink it, whereas soup, you eat it, don't you, with a spoon, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's still got soup in the actual name. (laughs) Um, But miso soup is very different. It's more like a little... uh, There's a a difference between a broth and a soup, isn't there? We could could talk about it. Oh, goodness. Anyway, cup of soup's gross, gross. So the nuns, as I've called them, but they're not nuns, Faith and Hope, (laughs) these two lovely older... They'd have been good nuns, though, wouldn't they? They would have been great nuns. So they call up Lovejoy because they want they've got some things they want to sell and basically Tink sort of corrals Lovejoy because they're like basically they're, once again they're desperate for cash. They need mm. this commission from Charlie for the books. So Lovejoy agrees to go and see them. And then we start like the sort of a running theme throughout the, the series, mm. which is about Beth's family and oh, their yes. and their attitude towards her employment. Because obviously yeah. she's not in a, a typical sort of job, is she? But but I, I just got way too distracted from that by the fact that the person that plays her dad yes. is also in EastEnders yes. with her, playing Patrick Truman. And Who is? I was like, and I was like, isn't he her dad in EastEnders? In EastEnders. <laughs> now, he's... Th- but apparently, because I don't watch EastEnders, I just know that they're both in it and I've had a vague idea. But actually, so it's never been confirmed in EastEnders that he's her dad. It's a, obviously, it's a oh. soap. So no one knows no one knows who their dad I is in the soap. I thought he did a DNA test because he was in this band and she Called thought... the Five Hectors. And one of them was her dad. <laughs> yeah. I have never hectors. watched EastEnders. Like five guys named Mo, but they're five hectares. I'm still, I still don't know whether Dirty Den is actually dead or not. I, that's all I know about EastEnders. And yeah, you know, I know that there was Spain. some controversy. Well, Beth's, yeah, so Beth's dad is played by a guy called Rudolph Walker, who's in one of my favourite films of all time, which I'll come on to in a second. And yes, in EastEnders, he plays Patrick Truman. Do you know he's been in EastEnders for 20 years? God, that's so shocking. I actually looked this up. He won a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Soap Awards in 2018. They haven't killed him off yet. No. And he had an affair with Pat Butcher, which is the only thing that I kind of vaguely remember. Because I remember thinking, they'd both be called Pat. So that would be really confusing. Oh, Patrick and Pat, yeah. Yeah, Pat and Pat. I just, Mm, yeah. No, not good. But yeah, so in in EastEnders, like, he's suspected to be her dad. But apparently, well, according to the EastEnders wiki, fandom wiki, it's never been confirmed that he is her mm. dad. But anyway, 
but then also he's her dad in this. So it was a bit like God, and, and they're, they're not only any, two. <laughs> and they're not enough black actors. Only, I was like, there is a dearth of black actors. <laughs> I like the word dearth. I, I think like, yeah, I like the, the word, word dearth, dearth, but I mean, it's pretty. Although like, we kind of know that there are links, like directorial links and writing links between yes, Love Joy and EastEnders. So you, in a way, that is it like this sort of BBC thing? Where it's, it's probably like, more like... Oh, I think it is. Weren't you? Oh, he was great. Rudolph was great in Lovejoy. We could have him... Yeah. So it's probably more about it's probably more about familiarity, isn't it? Like they know these actors, so mm. they're going to work with them again. Yeah, I don't so, think. Um, a, I think so. To yeah, be fair, we, we have enough. We do have like there are. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of crossover. We all know it could be more diverse on screen, but you know. Yeah, but um, Rudolph Walker is in my. It was so odd that this happened because this week I'm going to be talking about this film for a completely different reason, and it's a film from 1966 called The Witches, and it's a Hammer film and it's a Mm. horror but it's not very horrific and he's literally in it for 20 seconds right at the very beginning where she's the protagonist is like in Africa and he sort of Mm -hmm. him and his mate sort of come in and they're helping her like clear out this schoolroom and then he's Mm -hmm. never seen again because she comes to England and finds lots of witches um Mm -hmm. but it was so odd that to see him suddenly twice so he in the film that I watched because I knew I was going to have to talk about it this week, and then I popped Lovejoy on, and then there he was again. I was like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> uh, he's great. He's a great actor. I love him. Yeah, he's really good. So yes, yeah, so there's a running sort of thing throughout it of like basically various people trying to persuade Beth's family that this is a worthwhile, you know, route that she's on. So that's kind of a theme throughout it, isn't it? And then we see Lovejoy with the. I, I've called them nuns for quite a long time in my notes. I think it took me a while to realise they he weren't nuns. He is so lovely with the old ladies, he though. I've written again, it always restores my faith in him a little bit. I mean, not that I have any faith that needs restoring in Lovejoy, <laughs> of course. But he, he's always so genuine, and you realise that at heart, he's a a really lovely person. Yeah. And he, also, sorry, go on. He's, he, no, no, I'll come to it in a minute because I'll cut you off. I was going to say, also, this is one of the funniest conversations in the entirety <laughs> of Lovejoy <laughs> for a kind of bathos. There is nothing better than, father was the bravest missionary who ever lived. Where did he die? Hatfield. <laughs> that is, so I think gross. that is possibly the best little exchange in the entirety of Lovejoy. I adore it. The sisters, the sisters are a bit of sort of comic. There's a sort of comic element to them. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're so not like lovely. purposely funny, but they're definitely played for a slight comedy. They're not yes, like they are, they're not it, like it, serious it, characters. You know, like yeah. Hatfield. I just, I just thought it was lovely. And you knew, I think, the minute they, and the, then the next bit, as though that were not good enough. You know, they then said, "Oh, Faith and Hope and Raymond." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your father thought he was going to have a girl, another girl, but no, Faith, yeah. Hope, and Raymond. He was hoping for three. I love it. He was hoping for three girls. So their dad was called. Correct me if I've got this wrong. Theodore Doncaster. Yeah, and he was so. he was a, a, a missionary. Um, and he's he died, and so now they live in what is quite frankly a very beautiful cottage. Oh, um, it's lovely! It looks like one of the ones that your man would have painted. Oh, back it was in... love. Yeah. What? Oh Never God, was. who yeah. was that with the baseball cap? Tom uh, Wilkinson Tom, with the baseball cap. Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, they're showing Lovejoy their sort of trinkets. <laughs> that sounded a bit wrong. They're showing Lovejoy all these trinkets and stuff. But surely he's there <laughs> to see the book. Do you want to come and see my trinkets? But I think there's just while he's there. <laughs> I think while he's there, they're like, oh, 
And basically, they haven't got anything that's really worth. They've got like some nice china that's worth. I mean, to be fair, they've got things that are worth like a hundred quid. I haven't got any china that's worth a hundred quid. He's really lovely. The way he explains it to me, he clearly doesn't want to con them because. He also, or and wants them to know that he's not conning them because mm. he looks at them and he's like, look, this is only worth this. Let me explain why, because I know that you think it is and I don't want you to be disappointed or to, you know, and, and, he, and he's sort of educated, but in a very, the thing that he does, again, with people who are a little bit vulnerable, he lowers his voice, which means he actually sounds, as a byproduct, incredibly sexy. But he does that quite very gentle, <laughs> very gentle voice where he's saying, oh, now if you look here... And I, you know, there's this and this is cracked here. And it suggests both the love of the things he's looking at, but his sort of real compassion. Yeah. And it, I think they play it very well. I think Ian McShane plays it very well. I think the writers use it very well. That it isn't overdone. He's not this, you know, massive old softy. He's it's quite patronised in many it's ways. Not, yeah. No, exactly. It's not patronising, is it, to the... Absolutely. He's just got this... The, this underlying he's a good guy basically yeah. he, underneath he's, he's a good person yeah yeah um who who does all sorts of things some of which are not good <laughs> like everybody else yeah. and I, I just i love it i really do so so of course these are some older ladies in um in need of some money i mean as is as in every episode and so um they're like if they're not james friends or charlotte's yeah. friends this time found these ones on his, on his own found, yeah. well yeah found, yeah found them found them through other means acquired some old ladies so he's they're showing him sort of their their belongings and they see they show him like a portrait of their dad in africa i think yeah yes. in, once on, again one of those kind of like where was he missionary oh africa oh okay then yeah, cool africa. i don't know which bit yeah. <laughs> just the continent who, who cares africa, all of it <laughs> who cares um so and they see in this portrait that um their dad is holding so this is the first time we see which is a very central thing of this episode we're going to be saying these words a lot a Marston Bible. Now, mm. Polly, were you already aware of Marston Bibles? I was, but I'm wondering if, if I probably, again, had them subconsciously because of this episode, because I, I definitely didn't know about them in the pre-internet days when this was originally shown. Mm. I do now know about them, and I know that they exist, and I, I looked them up, and I found there's a link that we must put in the show notes about one... You, you were already going to say this. They found in a village in Lancashire, which is very near, because it's right on the Yorkshire-Lancashire border, it's really near to where I grew up, called Gisburn, and they found one that was worth 50 grand, <gasps> just sort of sat there in the church, and it was, was just it the Bible. A, that was they, it a Marston Bible? Marston Bible, and <gasps> it was just the Bible that they read the lesson from on a Sunday. Oh. You know, today's reading is so-and-so, so-and-so, so, and rah, rah, rah. So the, the, and the reason, well, we don't find that until later on, but the reason they're special is because, I suppose, is they're very rare, mm. and they were made in Geneva, in yeah. like well, the, in the next scene, Beth, Beth sort of does that Eric role where she starts to talk about these were printed in Geneva in the 1530s and blah, blah, I blah, blah. I think they're blah. rare because they were less than 100 years after the printing press was first. So they were properly printed, but they were printed at a time when mass printing still wasn't a thing and printing rather than writing was a really recent and exciting mm, technology phenomenon still, yeah. wasn't it? Because it was, it was sort of post. I mean, don't they talk about? Is it um not Gutenberg? Is it Gutenberg? He was your Bible man. Caxton. No. Caxton. Is it Cat? Anyway, they both they, probably... they both um did printing press stuff. I don't know, yeah. Bibles. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I thought they talked about it at some point in the episode, but it might not. Because I I went down this rabbit hole of looking up sites, looking up sites, looking up sites. So I can't remember where that came from, but. That was the 15th century, wasn't it? And these are 
just yeah, after that. It kinda it flips to Beth doing this exposition basically, so the viewer understands why this is so important and, and expensive. Exposition. And then immediately then it the scene kind of segues into her dad or her talking about her dad and her dad basically saying she's not learning anything. But she's literally just learned all she's about the bloody master so Bible. much. Yeah. And I just want to point out, without spoiling the last episode, but it, interestingly, this does pay off. Mm. And I feel like that is almost Lovejoy, uh, and we'll, we'll come to this later on, but fulfilling his promise to Beth's dad and to Beth that actually, no, this is going to actually get you somewhere. But in the very last episode where you actually see what happens to her, this the last episode of the whole series, of the whole show ties up so beautifully with this episode in oh, so good. many ways. It was and you nice need to episode. remind me of that. On the on the day when we when we finally do it, you need to remind <gasps> me of this episode because I feel like it must be deliberate. Yeah, because it's so gorgeous. It involves Cambridge as well, yeah. so it's it's just lovely. Well, Tinker offers to go to Beth's for tea and talk to her dad because Lovejoy won't go for some reason, even though yeah. he's kind of delegated all his jobs to everybody else. So I don't know why he won't go. Also, he knows that Tinker can charm the pants off anybody because he can put on this. And he is very affable, and Tinker mm. does, actually. Mm. Um, but before we... Um, sorry, just to kind of fill in the, the, ga- the gaps about the Bible. Helen's saying you missed a bit. Well, <laughs> go on, Helen. Well, no, neither. Um, so they, so he sees a picture of the dad with this valuable Bible, so he's like, oh... Twinkly and, and, divvy music. Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's the family Bible. And basically their dad left it to Faith, Hope and Raymond... But Ra- oh, we did miss this. Sorry, Helen. But Raymond looks after it for them, and Raymond is a don at Cambridge. And so then we go to they obviously they're in Cambridge. Lovejoy's commuting to Cambridge, so he goes to Cambridge. And who is who is playing Raymond? Richard Briers. Richard Briers. Oh. oh, he's so God, lovely. I oh. love him with all of my heart. Do you know Isn't I am? Uh, the reason I love Richard Price, well, I, I love Richard Price for two reasons. The first reason is because he plays Tom in The Good Life, and that's basically my husband. Although I'm Mar- <laughs> I'm Margot, so it kind of doesn't really. You're match. not Margot. <laughs> Mar- I founded the WI in my local area. I mean, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> no, on, she okay. Is. Carry on. In some ways, you are a bit like Margot. But to be fair, the reason I love Richard Price is because in the nineties, I saw him in a production of um, The Chairs, like this. I don't know if you know it, like this absurdist play by... Um, no. no. Oh, my God, what's his name? I Ionescu. He's Romanian. Oh, Friend, like French okay. Romanian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he did Rhinoceros, but this is The Chairs. And um, mm-hmm. so I went to see him in because uh, I was studying theatre at the time. And at the end, uh, when the production was, had finished and everything, they'd come on and taken their curtain call or whatever, um, he said, oh, I think we've got some people here from the college, haven't we? And we were all like, oh, yeah, we're here. And he said, come on, come down, come down. He just sat on the edge of the stage and he talked to us for like an hour about anything that we wanted to know about. And he was like, he was in his 60s at this point. He was probably knackered. He'd just done like a 90 minute two hander play with Geraldine McEwen. And he he was just great. And I couldn't, I could not love Richard Bryars more. He's such a good actor. He's so good. 
What a lovely man. man. I mean, he's, he's, he's wonderful in was, this. Was good or he's good? Is he, he's not around anymore, is he? No. No. Um, no, didn't think he was. But yeah, so, so Helen, really you didn't see it in the credits, whereas I did. So I saw his name come up in the credits and went, oh, so excited. And then, um, but you had the joy of just seeing him on screen. <laughs> it was so, it was just so exciting. I was like, oh, I, was like, I know him. Oh, it's Richard Byers. <laughs> so, well, I mean, all I wrote was Richard Byers, exclamation mark. Um, but yeah, so, they, so obviously Lovejoy goes to ask him about the Bible. Um, R- Raymond kind of, you know, plays innocent, like, oh, I didn't know it was worth money. Mm. And you're thinking, and you're, but you kind of are like, hmm. You can you, smell a rat, can't you? Yeah. It's but a bit it, like it, in Colombo. If they have a guest star, well, actually this happens constantly in Colombo, where the guest star is really well known, you're like, okay. Mm. There's, they're, they're not going to maybe be playing like the nicest person here. What are they, they going to have been up to? Exactly, and that's why I was so confused about Phil Daniels when it seemed like he wasn't going to be a big part. Because I was like, why have you got someone that's known? Anyway, so Richard but Richard Bryce, yeah, he's important. And then while they're in Cambridge, I don't know if it's because... Um, Richard, I presume it's Richard Bryce then invites them. I maybe missed a bit here. Raymond invites them to dine in his hall, does he? Or I guess so. This bit didn't really ring true for me. The other thing is I feel like Charlotte would have worn her gown because yeah, she's a graduate yeah. of Cambridge, even though she's a graduate of a different college, I think. I think she would have worn her gown because she's the only one who isn't, except for, you know, loved but she would have done as a guest. But I, I think it was a bit of an impromptu invitation, maybe. So maybe oh, she'd I guess have, she her didn't gown. have a gown. But I bet she could have borrowed one. You know, I bet they, she could have borrowed one. Because they would have spare they gowns. Do. They would have gowns. Because people yeah. don't travel around it. People don't just own their own gowns. In people fact, must rent and get fact, higher gowns. I think when I went to visit a friend who studied at Cam- was studying at Cambridge. Yeah, you would, you'd have been given a I feel like I had to put a gown. Yeah, I feel like I had to put a gown on. Because all the students had gowns and they wouldn't have all graduated. Some of them will have been wearing what we used to call undergraduate gowns, wouldn't mm. they? Um, so, the, so basically, there's a, yeah, and then there's the juxtaposition of, as you said, like uh, Charlotte and Lovejoy at dining in the hall at, at Cambridge and in the college, I should say, at Cambridge, and um, Tinker going to Beth's family for um, oh, brilliant for tea. Um, it's a bit of casual racism when Tinker is like, <laughs> no, he's not. I don't think he does. Like he's trying to be. Um, uh, appreciative of another an, another culture and just totally misplacing it. Well, he's yeah, kind of like, it... oh, delicious Caribbean cuisine or whatever he says. And she's it's like, like it's Lancashire, Lancashire hot, hot pot. pot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love a Lancashire hot pot. Um, I should have said earlier, her dad, Rudolph Walker, he was in um, Love Thy Neighbour, uh, which I'm not going to go yes! into here. If you're interested in it, listener, please Google. Yes, he was. I, mean, that's I can't why he was... think about it. I mean, that's what he was, like, famous for, you know, before, like, this. He would have been very yeah. well known from that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, so they're all eating their Lancashire hot pot round a dining table. Everybody, um, her brothers, her dad, her mum, and then it's got that juxtaposition with High Table at Cambridge. I liked sort of, this contrast yeah. because I thought the Cambridge thing looked freaking ridiculous. And every time I see stuff like that, a bit of me goes, yeah, I... That, that Don who interviewed me made the right decision not taking me because I could not pull that shit off. Oh, I love so, all that shit. Oh, yes. Yeah, me and Emma would be like, yes. Oh, no, I just... It's oh, my secret dream that. to be like um, Margaret Rutherford in Passport... What's it called? Oh, that's Passport right, Pimlico, 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 where she's completely like this mad old academic. That's she's, the dream. Uh, she was very good at playing that sort of role. Have you ever seen... There's a brilliant film with Margaret... Is it Margaret Rutherford in... Um, there's a film called The Happiest Days of Your Life, which oh. is like a precursor to St. Trinian's that's yes. worth a watch. 
Yeah, well, my as I as I think of my husband as being like Richard Briers, I should have said he's got a BTEC in performing arts, and he was described uh, in his assessment as like a young Richard Briers. And now I Ooh. say it to him all the time because now obviously he's no longer a young Richard Briers. He's just Richard, Richard Briers. Excellent. But this juxtaposition was amazing, and I know whenever we have a juxtaposition, I always mention that scene in A Fish Called Wanda. But it was so that because you've got the extremes of this ridiculous um over the top formal for no particular reason thing at Cambridge yeah they had to do like that every day yeah Yeah, but it's you know it's insane and then you've got this actually very very strict probably sort of upper working class low middle class kind of family Mm. you know aspirational family that obviously worked very very hard you know having a Lancashire hot pot and it was a really beautiful juxtaposition actually and I'd have rather had the Lancashire hot pot. Yeah. And then Tink's um, advocating for for Beth and her job. And he, it was just so romantic with a capital R, the way he was speaking. I was it like, was. You, you're you right, Polly, actually. Lovejoy was right to send him because I would have been completely charmed and won over. But Beth's dad is Absolutely. still a bit like, she needs to have a proper job. Her brothers have he's proper jobs. A, she needs to have security. marginally charmed. Whereas, to be fair, young, uh, uh, Lovejoy made the right decision because when he finally talks to him, he basically admits he was in prison and then that's it. Mm. Whereas, actually, Tinker waxes lyrical in this fabulously over-the-top poetic way, which is beautiful. And I think throws him off a little bit. Beth's dad is like, um, uh, well, but, but you know. All, yeah. I've just, all I've written for this, these two scenes is, Mr. Taylor is sexist. I've written that. I've written sexist mm. family, but actually the brothers are great because the, they're on yeah, their Yeah, the brothers are like, great. the brothers are like, you know, why do you, why are you so hard on her? Like, you know, you, you let us do what we want and why are you being so tough on her? Oh, bless them. They're very nice, very sweet. And then um, I've written Lovejoy being clever to the Dons. Well, it, there's there's a funny bit before, so when they're in the hall, like, you know, and Charlotte is described, introduced even, as one of, one of Cambridge's more distinguished graduates. I'm like, is that really, <laughs> I mean, I She's an I, auctioneer in Suffolk. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I mean, Charlotte's great and everything, but I think Cambridge has, you know, produced a fair number Some of prime ministers, quite, quite distinguished, some credit, you know. I'm not sure Charlotte Cavendish of of Cavendish auctions is oh, really oh, politicians. Politicians of global standing. Maybe that's the rule. Maybe that's how you have to describe. Maybe that's the rule. You have to describe your guests like that, regardless of what. Yeah, their you wouldn't say Miss Cavendish is an is a distinctly average alumna. That's true. She's, that's... she's not in she's jail. Done she's got a job. <laughs> she's not in jail. She's got a job. But it's funny because then they're like, then they're like, oh, she's a distinguished graduate, and they're like, oh, and Lovejoy's in antiques. It's like, mm, so Charlotte. But I do love, and I, I know we're sort of we're sort of coming to the uh, skipping to the end of the scene. There's a, so much humour in this episode because. Um, so the, the the next thing that happens, I think, is I've I've written where is the Bible? So I think I could sus stroke remember the episode at this point. Of going, oh, and I've written now, a librarian! This, exclamation this point. Em got excited about the librarian. <laughs> Meanwhile, librarian. all of these incredibly sort of doddery, severe looking dons queue up with their shit trinkets so for Lovejoy. And it reminded me of the, the when he did the uh, WI. Yes. Oh, and they were all yeah. lining up with their, their little vases. It was so cute. And he's there, the the guy of kind of, you know, not worthy of a mention. Oh, and this is Charlotte's 
guest, you know, she's sort of dragged along. Mm. Um, oh, okay, Mr. Lovejoy, will you look at my shit, please? Yeah, and they're you all know, just how sort much of bringing him little things out of their little rooms. Things. Like, and it's so cute. It's, I actually it's wrote, really like, yeah, lovely. loads of other dons lining up with their stuff. Ha ha. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's so lovely. I actually wrote, ha ha. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> At this point, because he, so one of the reasons that they're there, and I wonder if Charlotte has managed to wangle an invitation because, so he wanted her to wangle an invitation because uh, Ray, Raymond, who refused to sell the Bible because mm. it is a family heirloom, and he'd already said, nope, not selling it, family heirloom, uh, but he says that it's it's been loaned to the library, doesn't he? I think that's why yeah. they're there. So the li- and then the librarian kind of drops him in it by saying, and now he's giving it to us. Yeah, and we're going to have it, it forever. Us. Because he's becoming, because he's becoming master of the college. Raymond's been appointed mm. master of the college, and so as a sort of like thing to mark this occasion, he's going to give not just loan but give the Bible to the college. It's it's sort of I was going to say subplot, but it's not really. It is a plot, and I thought this this made Cambridge look a little bit grubby. I thought really because they mm. say oh you know and he's giving because he's going to be a master. No, he's clearly becoming a master because they want this Bible. Yeah. So more fool them. Is all I can say, as we find out later. So, um, so yes, yeah, so they 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 learn this about the Bible, and then, um, and then Lovejoy and Charlotte have a little snog, which is nice. It yes! was cute. Oh, they're getting it? on very well, aren't they? It's very, it's very sweet. And then he goes back to her hotel, all all good. But of course, Gimbert. <laughs> oh God, I've written. Oh, he's oh such God, a knob, I miss there? hotels and nightcaps. Because she said she, they kind of say, look, why don't you come into the hotel and have like a nightcap with me? And he's obviously gonna. Stay, and then that horror, that horror when you've made your secret plan and you know exactly what's going to happen and you just need to play it cool and you've literally got an hour and then you'll really be able to be together. And then some idiot appears from fucking nowhere who has no <laughs> idea of whatever the plan is and it, everything just falls apart. Or he does and he deliberately wants to spoil it because I don't, he knows I full honestly well think what Gimbert the plan was being is, so... properly kind of honest here. I think he was like, oh, Lovejoy, you're here too. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, he he just couldn't kind of understand what was happening. And oh, he, you're so he wrecked sweet. Plan. I think he was naive. I mean, I know Gimbert's terrible, but I I've been won over to him this series. Probably it's probably the vacuum of Eric's absence. <laughs> I have now filled it with Charlie. But the weird, the weird thing is, so he's in the bar, so they're like, oh no. So Charlotte makes her excuses, but I thought they were going to sort of make their excuses either together or separately, and then obviously. Just got like, to her room. Well, it's easier nowadays because you've got mobile phones. But imagine then it's sort of all like, oh, well, are you really going to stay and have it? Anyway. No, no, because I think she actually makes it clear to Lovejoy, don't come with me. But yeah. why, did, why does she do that? Is she so sort of concerned that Gimbert might cotton on that she's like... Well, I felt she was saying, no, don't come with me because Lovejoy started talking to Charlie and then realised something like, oh, my God, hang on. Charlie could be part of this Bible thing. Let me have a drink with you. And Charlotte's like, what the hell? The, the deal was we're going to bed, not you're having a drink with Charlie and I have to sit in this stupid hotel bar listen to you have a stupid drink with your boring friend. Sorry, maybe I'm a little, little bit too excited about this. Um, but, so she I, kind of went yeah. to bed in a sort of like a huff, I felt. It was, of, it was, very, it was very weird. Anyway, mm. they didn't get it on because... And then Lovejoy no. and Gimbert end up chatting. And then, and then we go back to... Um, Tinker and Beth and then they're now asking Lovejoy if he so basically Tinker although he waxed so lyrical he was so mm. charming he hasn't managed to convince Beth's dad so now they're like Lovejoy will you talk to Beth's dad um, so they're trying to persuade him but he's still like no and I think 
because he's like, I'm not the right person. I'm not a convincing. And he proves it. Again, yeah. he is actually yeah. being um, self-aware at the very least here. And then, of course, they need a Bible expert. <laughs> this bit was great. And, of course, the Bible expert is an Irish, an Irish football coach. Oh, sorry. Catholic. <laughs> those things yeah that's amazing <laughs> oh yes he does that was lovely that was a really lovely scene but so, anyone Polly, was... with your yes. wealth of experience and knowledge and degrees and all sorts of things <laughs> are catholic priests and football inextricably linked somehow because yes. all i could think of, of was father are. ted where they've got um, the two no, it is. like football, football and alcohol yeah. if you think about uh, no in all seriousness actually all the catholic priests have because there is a proliferation of catholics in the north particularly in places like liverpool mm. Uh, in Scotland, they will, you know, that Celtic is a very Catholic club. Yeah, there, there is actually, genuinely, there is. And um, you know, he's sort of he's coaching kids as well, he's been involved in you know Catholic school or whatever. I loved it. I always, I always love when there's a bit of a religious theme. Mm. It's so. interesting though because um, in Ireland, football, soccer is a bit more of a Protestant. It sport. is, it is. That's and then the Catholic yeah, sports are rugby and obviously all the Gaelic sports, like hurling yeah. and Gaelic football. But over here, there's mm. certain clubs like, like Liverpool have um, huge Catholic followers. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically this, this um, the Irish priest slash football coach slash whatever he is, he's so cool. <laughs> he basically just, he, I don't know really what he is because he just kind of confirms like, oh yeah. He I'm tells them Bob. about the boar's head watermark. That's right. So the key thing with the Marston Bible, yeah. That's right. So the key thing, that, the thing that distinguishes... Obviously, there's loads of fake Marston Bibles because they're worth money, so people fake them. Turns out a lot more than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> we find out later. Quite a few fake ones. <laughs> and, but one of the main ways to tell is that there's a watermark in the front cover and it's the original is the boar's head, which is Henry the... Is it Henry VIII or something? Oh, Bo- symbol. Oh, I didn't write it um, down. But... Uh, yeah, so that's what tells you it's a real one, is it has a boar's head watermark. So that's the key piece of information that they've now got. Um, it's because obviously Lovejoy's already smelling a rat, so he's like, maybe he's already sold the real one and got a fake one or something mm. like that. Mm. Um, and actually we find out that Raymond's Bible, you know, the one he has, hasn't actually been authenticated. Like, it's not seen as one of the official Marston Bibles that are known about. But... The college are prepared to believe it and take it because because he's like a Cambridge Don, he's seen as trustworthy, even though yeah. his, his Bible's never been sort of properly provenanced or whatever. So then this is where the drink that Lovejoy had with Charlie has kind of culminated in. Charlie is going to meet with Raymond about his Bible, I think. Well, just his I books. I got a bit confused here. I did get confused. Oh, so basically... Um, no, just for books generally, because he's Raymond's got lots of other books. Because he's, a, cause he's a, you know, an academic, so he's... Yeah, a Gimb- book man. Gimbert's still <laughs> in the market for books. So I think Lovejoy has kind of hooked up Gimbert and Raymond more of like... Cause he won't oh, sell, he won't sell s- the Bible, but he's got loads of other books. I realise and- why now, because that makes Raymond yeah. leave his room... Because Tink pretends to be a yeah. chauffeur and picks him up in Charlie's roles. Beth and Lovejoy break into Ray's room to check the Bible. A very Got elaborate it. setup, but that has a, multiple multiple elements result from this elaborate setup, which are mutually beneficial to all concerned. Yeah, because they they search his room to basically see if they can find the Bible, partly to see if it's there and partly to see like is it real. And as mm-hmm. they're breaking in, Beth's like, you know, um, I'm not this kind of. Like, my dad is a bit worried about my job, and now we're 
breaking someone's <laughs> ring. And, and she's picking says, the lock. Yeah, and he sort of turns around from picking the lock and he goes, we're helping little old ladies. And that really made me, like, scream. I was like, yeah, that is your actual job, Lovejoy, helping little old ladies. Helping it's not ladies. antiques. Yeah, it's all right. Helping it's little old ladies. Good. That's what you love to do. And also, oh, so it's quite a funny scene when, so Tink, yeah, as we say, takes Raymond to see Gimbert about the books. And so Raymond's showing Gimbert his books. And Gimbert's got no idea. I mean, the thing I think I said this last time, like, Gimbert is always portrayed as, like, knowing nothing about any sort of antiques, mm. but he has managed to make a lot of money. So he, yes. can't, he can't be that clueless. But, but I think I think he is, and I think there's an element to which he gets good advice because Lovejoy advises him, and he knows yeah. Lovejoy knows his stuff. And he has he lives in this big fancy house he has this reputation. People will believe him. I think a lot of it is done. Yes, I'm not saying he's a con true. man, but I think a lot of it is done, done just by his swagger. Yeah, yeah but it's like, how do you get there? I suppose. You know, but in the, in the same way that Lovejoy says, because we don't know actually how he initially made his money, which might not have been from this. That's you know, true. is he somebody who collects antiques on the side? I think I always assume yeah, he, he was be one in of finance the or something. Who, yeah, and then they retire because, at yeah. forty and go, okay, now I can. Because he my is quite new money. Um, to make he's new money or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever it is. I'm going to open a donut stand. Who yeah. uh, makes smoothies? I'd watch the Gimbert origin story, wouldn't you? Yeah. Maybe that's what I they think. I kind of like him, you know. I'd watch the Gimbert origin story. Um, I, yeah. So, yeah, so basically, then that's where he goes to the library and explains his whole concept of the heaven and hell, which is brilliant. Um, and also, he's really proud of his... Oh, my God, this is This brilliant. was so funny. This is so funny. He shows Raymond um, what looks like a, an antique leather-bound book, and then he opens the book, and it and it's empty. And for a minute, I thought it was like, you know those books that you put, like, um, whisk, like a bottle of whiskey in or oh, a yeah. gun or something, or your pearls? I don't know why I thought of things from the 1930s. I don't know how that came <laughs> up. Um, but, no, Gimbert says it's for a cassette, like a VHS for a videotape. Except he doesn't say VHS, obviously, because no one... What, do, what does he say? I think he, he does say VHS. Does he? He must say video. Tape, I guess. I think he I says think video. I think he says cassettes. You know, videotapes, and then says yeah. what he means. What kind of cassettes? Like big cassettes. And he's and this so really pleased dated with it. it. And how know, good that will look in his library. But to be fair, I mean, he I does. It looks like better that. than a load of videotapes. <laughs> oh, he's everyone had those when I was growing up. Everybody, particularly because so they were really what they were used for like amongst my milieu. Mm. In my milieu was like when you record tape stuff because obviously. A video that came in its proper box, that was quite exciting. That mm. had all the art yeah. pictures of whoever, you know, Harrison Ford on it or whatever. And then your but, copy of A Hard Day's Night that you'd taped off but, the telly. But when you taped it off the telly, exactly. My many, many copies of Lovejoy. You could make it look sexy by putting... I mean, we had those covers. Everyone had those covers. You could kind of get very not meta. Have those covers, I will say, but we also had zero books. <laughs> so they, they would have you looked a get, bit out of place. You could get very meta by inviting by buying the sort of... the Jonathan Gash covers and hollowing them out and then putting the VHS oh, well, that's what, of Lovejoy inside. And then in in nice, a way, that's what Gimbert's doing, That's what Gimbert... Because he was like... I think at the beginning, he was like, oh, great expectations. Do you know if there's a film of that? <laughs> he, he wants to put his tapes of Dickens' films in his... Leather-bound VHS. <laughs> but I love the fact he's trying to make himself sound... Ed, well, I mean, he probably is educated, but sound more at market than he is mm. by going... Yeah, but, but it's all right, because I'm not going to put, you know, my copies of Dynasty and Dallas in here... I'm I'm going to put yeah. films of classic <laughs> British novels. Oh, that's he all right. Trying. Then. Oh, it's Bless ridiculous. Him. 
And Raymond's face when he's telling him this is just... It's a it's picture. Just a picture. What a brilliant actor, Richard Bryles is. Like, the they stuff were both he could do, like, just scene. slightly moving his face. They were yes. both smashing in this yeah. scene, I have to say. It was really bloody good. It was good. really it was good. Great. So, in um, the meantime, Lovejoy and Beth are in Raymond's office searching look for the Bible. Look what I've written on my notes. LJ and Beth find the Bible. Oh, yes. A fake! A fake! I was genuinely shocked. Mm. I don't but know why, because it was kind of obvious it was going to be a fake. I was more excited that they found it in his beautiful bureau, because I love a bureau. As... <laughs> I know, as, as, as you see, you're consistent, because I believe Helen has um, has uh, told us of her love of bureaus in the past. It's she a has well-known, many, not times, very many episodes. Many it's, a well-known, it's a well-known fact that I love a bureau, but yes. So basically, they, they realise it's fake, so they, they hypothesise, because they, they assume that it originally was real, like the family yeah. Bible was real, and that at some mm. point he sold the real one, obviously needed the money, you know, replaced it with a, bought a fake one, and then like, that's his ruse, whatever. But, yeah. I, but I put here, but maybe it was never real. Like, yeah. how they... I mean, it must have been real at some point. I quite enjoyed this real. because it was the whole gang <laughs> Sorry, kind I mean... of discussing it. Like, everybody was there going, I wonder what it could be. I did feel that from about 10 minutes from now till the end should have just happened. Playing in the background. Oh, dear. So, yes. Faith, Hope and Lovejoy turn up at Raymond's room to... Kind of have it out with them. Have tea. To have they go tea. to have tea, and they they sort of say we're there because we're celebrating your you being uh, becoming a master of of the college or, or what whatever it is. Um, but but really, Lovejoy's kind of done it as a you know to kind of catch Ray. I want to call him Ray, <laughs> Raymond. Ray to well, catch him out. Call him Ray if you want. And and so yeah, Lovejoy gets, so he takes the sisters round. They leave, and then he kind of gets. Raymond on his own and says, you know, I know it's a fake. I know what you and did. And Raymond says, basically admits to it and says exactly what Lovejoy thought, which is, yeah, I sold the real one eight years ago for 20 grand. Um, I really needed the money. Don't tell my sisters. But for a good reason. Yeah, it was this for is a really good sad. reason. The whole thing's really sad. I thought this was very cleverly done, actually, yeah. because they could have made it a two-dimensional oh, he's a bit of an arse, and, and still had all the fun a with the like chasing around the Bibles. A bit like the Book of Clonmel, where she sort of yes, sold it because but, she just needed the money to keep yeah. up her kind of lavish and, and, film and star they, lifestyle, whereas Ray's sold it because he told his sisters that their dad had left them this money to keep the cottage and to pay their rent and all this kind of thing, but actually their dad had been... In, like cooking the books in this yeah. mission oh, and so embezzling sad. money, and so Ray sold the Bible so that he could look after his sisters. And his plan is and the mission. If I become and the mas- mission, he gave the money to the oh, mission. Yeah, I forgot about that bit, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, no. So he's using his own money to look after his sisters, and he sold mm. the Bible to give the money to the mission. And it's almost I love the fact that what he's doing here is for the sake of everybody, including mm. himself, but mainly his sisters. And his father, he's he's salvaging his father's reputation, yeah. and the whole thing was so honourable and so sad and so awful. That moment that you realise that someone who's on a pedestal for you has fallen off and whacked the head, and is mm. actually a bit of a dick. So, so basically, they decide then. So Lovejoy obviously feels sorry for him, feels sorry for Raymond, decides to help him. Obviously, Lovejoy likes to spend loads of his time <laughs> doing Hel- random, doing yeah. random. And this is why he lives in a barn. Yeah. Like, that belongs to someone else. Because um, Raymond's obviously terrified that when he gives the Bible to the college, when he becomes master, they'll realise it's fake and then they, he won't be master anymore and he needs the money to 
and this is a bit where it all Cambridge seems looked a bit grubby yeah because he could have just gone well I never knew and if they really wanted to make him a master presumably on his own merit they wouldn't go oh well I'm sorry no bible yeah fancy ask out exactly exactly so so Lovejoy's like well in that case we only because he but Raymond's like you know they're going to lock the bible away and never look at it again so Lovejoy's like aha well we only need a real master bible for a day when you'll get made master when you give it to the library and then as and then we can, yeah. we can switcheroo it back. So it's a good old switcheroo. I mean, we have, we have sounds like a nice, down nice easy switcheroo. <laughs> what can possibly go wrong? So basically, they're going to try and find a real Master Bible, maybe the one that Raymond originally had, or another one, and then they're going to buy it. But the reason that they're going to buy it because they're actually going to eventually, Charlie's going to buy a real one to have in his library. So there, there is a kind of, and that's actually why Lovejoy is going to make his money because he's going to get yeah. a commission from Charlie for buying the real one. So they're going to get a real one for real. They're not going to nick it or something. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going to be... sort of lend it out to Raymond for the day and then it's going to be Charlie's. So it kind of it's, makes, it's, a, it's, it's like kind of mutually plan. beneficial. And in the, in the meantime, Beth's convinced Charlotte to talk to her dad. And I really liked this. Like Charlotte was like, well, she's got potential, and her and so Beth was like, well, you hire her then, you 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 give her a proper job, and Charlotte's really realistic and like, well, no, because she's not experienced yet. She needs to do a bit more yeah, work. This and is what work experience is for. It was it was <laughs> to get really experience. really good, and it made me think of um because because Charlotte's a woman, it it was kind of breaking down that sexist bit that that Mister Taylor has, and it made me think of that. What's that quote that? <laughs> Well, I can't remember her name. Who's the new vice president of the United States? Kamala Harris. Harris. Yeah, and she she said, "What is it?" She said, "She said um, I might be the first person to do something, but I I don't I'm not going to be the last. So by me doing it, that gives somebody else oh, the, the it, floor it, to go it up. It. And I love that Beth had gone right. Well, Charlotte can talk to my dad because she's a girl and I'm a girl, and my dad doesn't think girls can do this. But it was yeah. You watched the light dawn in his eyes when he realised how successful, from a, a business point of view, in terms of money but also standing reputation all of those things and what made it really sad actually was that comment where he said yeah your father must be very proud of you and charlotte said well aren't all fathers and we know charlotte's dad isn't necessarily very proud of her because she's talked in the past about always having to kind of go that extra mile and to get his approval and i this was so complicated and and really interesting actually i thought the thing you were going to say was sad was that so he's he's sort of beginning to be won over, and then Mr. Taylor kind of says to Charlotte, "But you've got connections, and you've got a university education, and you know you you're part yeah, of which this world, awesome. and Beth isn't. So of course you're but, successful. She hasn't got those things that I would rather her get those kind of thing. which I thought was silly because actually, well, not silly, but perhaps short sighted. Short, yeah, short Charlotte, sighted. Charlotte is that connection. Yeah, Charlotte is that stepping stone. But you've got to start somewhere. Mm. And she's yeah. saying, well, Beth has done that, but she has started somewhere. Yeah, actually, she because she doesn't say, well, no, I'd never employ her. No, I'm not saying that. She basically says, yeah, actually, I would employ her, but just not. Not she just yet. needs a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a shame because Charlotte is trying trying to open that door and it was almost as though her dad had been knocked down so many times that he didn't believe that door could be opened yeah yeah and then so that hasn't worked either so finally they do lovejoy does agree i guess it's probably like well look everyone else has tried lovejoy please can you talk to best dad so he does, and he oh. he carries out a really wanky, oh, symbolic <laughs> exercise. Did anyone feel like they were watching a Jenga tower 
get toppled. It was oh, like, he, he doesn't, he like, does, oh. the thing with the flower where he gets the dad to hold a flower in his, no, was it? No, oh, yeah. Love to hold a flower in his hand and he tries. Isn't it delicate and beautiful? Yeah, and then it's like by trying to save it. That's why I love to. He puts a flower in the best dad's hand and try, and he's like, right, I'm going to try and blow it out of your hand. You've got to try and stop me. And so obviously, best dad crushes the flower and then it's like a symbol. Which was a little bit happy. It's not a delicate flower. And obviously, that's best why dad, it doesn't really work. And obviously, best dad yeah. is like, that's a load of wank. And then. <laughs> but he couldn't say wank because it was pre war. No, he doesn't, but he's thinking it. And um, and then also, obviously, the dad has heard that um, Lovejoy's been in jail and he's suspicious of that. So basically, yeah, that doesn't work. As we've said, that doesn't work either. And at the end, you notice, um, the, her dad says something like, OK, goodbye, Mr. Lovejoy. And Lovejoy yeah. does not correct him. Yeah, he doesn't. I noticed uh, He that. doesn't mm. challenge him on the Mr. Lovejoy. No. Very. That. Uh, that, that was really... To somebody, I think, you know, if you were just kind of watching it on a Sunday night and you had to wait seven days between episodes and then months between series, I don't think you would notice. And doesn't that show so much care and attention of the writers and the directors and, yes. and the actors as well, obviously, to be like, this is this, this is how this scene goes down, actually. Yeah. I know that normally he would say, it's just Lovejoy, there's no Mr. And this time he left it. Good old BBC. Um, and meanwhile, Tink's been doing... Because now they've got to find a real Marston Bible. So Tink's been doing some research and he's found there are three Marston Bibles in the UK. One's in Northern Ireland, one's in Scotland. So they're like, oh, that's helpful, Tink. Like, they're not in England. And then... So well, what are the chances, if there's only three, that some random bloke <laughs> who lives in a shed in Suffolk is going to be able to get hold of it? Well, exactly. And then and so Tink's in the middle of saying this and then Charlotte... I think calls up very excitedly because she's tracked down the one that Raymond sold eight years ago. And I guess, I mean, it kind of makes sense that that is local, which kind of makes yeah. sense because obviously Raymond is in Cambridge. So it stayed in the area. Um, and basically she's with the old guy who bought it and he's happy, <laughs> he's happy to sell it. for. 20... I loved this. Cause he's I mean, read this it. Is... He's read it. Cause so. he's read it. Is... I love this. This was such a funny episode. <laughs> I mean, it was a bit like, it was like, how convenient. Like, it was it's a also bit like... great though that he says oh I've read it because the bible is a bit like war and peace it's one of those books that very few <laughs> only the most dedicated open it at Genesis and close it at the end yeah. of Revelation and go well that was unexpected I mean nobody <laughs> nobody does that yeah so basically they were all very happy because this bloke the bloke that he's Raymond sold his bible to is going to sell it back to them for the exact same price that he paid eight years ago so there you go so they've got their real master bible so that's all good so the switch is on. Well, so we think. So then I've think. written premature, da, da, da. <laughs> premature, um, question mark, champagne. But I wondered if it was it champagne. I thought it might have been it sherry. Look, I don't think it was champagne because they were drinking it out of like really small. You see, it was you, sherry. Can't have, yeah. you can't have premature sherry because fe- sherry by definition is a little sort of aperitif. It's an aperitif, it? yeah. It's always mm. time for sherry. Um, so basically, yeah, so Tinker and Lovejoy, so they, they, they buy the real Bible for Charlie, as we've said, for his library. For, for That's the main purpose. They make it unnecessarily complicated. They bought it for Charlie, right? They can yeah. give it to Charlie at any time. Why I know this did seem. Why a bit don't they odd. just do the switcheroo with the master thing? Is at it because Charlie had given them the money to get it in the first? But place? I mean, they could just say, "Oh, we can't get it." For, I mean, 
Yeah, Shall we'll get it for you. Know, you. We'll... You're going to have it next week. It's going to be delivered next week or mm, whatever. It's right? true. And this is the bit that confused me in a way, although it did allow them to get in that joke about the crest, which, again, just illustrated Charlie's character <laughs> yeah. so beautifully and was the joke at the very end. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's just it's just for a bit of added peril. but the, It's, it's a, a very bit... long-winded way for additional peril and humour. Yeah, So like because they could have just, you know, kept hold of the Bible... Did the sort done the switcheroo, then given it to Charlie. But no, no, no. For extra hilarity, they fashion this briefcase that's got like two compartments, and so they go and take the the, the real one to Charlie. I mean, they could have just taken him the fake one first of all. He as wouldn't well, have he, known because he hasn't we've got. Did, no. it, we've demonstrated through the whole episode that Charlie does not know anything about bloody no. books and doesn't care. And more crucially, does not care. Even if he did, this is so niche. I think that he wouldn't know mm. anyway. Well, Lovejoy didn't who, know. He had to ask Lovejoy the football coach. Absolutely, and everyone who looks at it initially, because <laughs> they're very good fakes. So everybody who looks at it goes, "Oh wow!" And it's only if you look at that one page particularly, and if you know this particular thing. Smart, so yeah. I yeah. did feel this was a little bit. So because what they do is they try they uh, give him the real yeah they give him the real one at first, even though he wouldn't know the difference, and then they switch it in front of him. But you know. For but the fake one. This one that Charlotte sourced from the guy who'd read it and has sold it to them and they've had their sherry to celebrate, this one's fake as well. Yeah. yeah. So then they discover that the one, exactly, the one that Raymond originally had was a fake. So he, oh, it was a fake all along. There was never a real one. <laughs> this is where I started worrying that I was getting confused so my notes become absolutely meticulous. <laughs> yeah, mine do. It's actually not... Um, I found this actually not confusing, weirdly. And I so think I was yeah. prepared for it to just go completely. I was, but at this point, what I was it called wrote... Lily's Pearls. That's what I thought. Was yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I was like, right, which pearls? one is the fucking real one? I don't know. I've actually bothered to write this with punctuation in my notes. I've written. Turns out the new one is also a fake. Now I'm getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> so they reckon that. So they reckon that there was an original one that his dad, you know, the missionary had. Yeah. Yeah. But he obviously he was a bit of a bounder and a cad, cooking the books yeah. and all that. Yeah. So he'd sold the original at some point, like years and years ago, for the money, and then got a fake so that the family wouldn't realise. But that then he'd poor, sold the I just feel Bible. a bit sorry for Raymond here, then, who yeah. actually sold his in good faith because he didn't know either. So actually, the, there are people who've sort of been conned. Although it didn't matter particularly, you know, like, that your man has read it from you know. There's so many holes in this plot. I mean, why didn't Charlotte check before they bought it off the old guy who'd read it? Although they do say that to Charlotte, they say, "Well, you took, you bought a fake Bible." And Charlotte's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, you know, don't blame <laughs> yes, me." It's Just, my fault. I don't I've got you a Bible. So now we've got basically Raymond's fake one. We've got. Charlie's fake ones. We've got two fake Marston Bibles. And then Tink's like, look, I never told you. I said there were three in the UK, one in Northern Ireland, one in Scotland. I never told you where the third one was. Because obviously we know that Raymond's one was never authentic, never authenticated. Yeah. So Raymond's one was never like one of the three. Mm. So the real one is with Tink's brother Monks. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And this was so good. <laughs> and again, lovely bit of continuity. Mm. And it's so sweet. And I love the fact that they they never labour this point but they there are sort of suggestions throughout that actually Tinker's sort of this quietly very devout person yeah. actually yeah. and I think that's lovely I think it's really really sweet it's in Heath Green Priory yeah which conveniently just happens to be down the road but I this mean, was the bit that was more convenient to me I could see the eccentric kind of book guy going oh I've read it I want to get some more books partly because I live with that man <laughs> <laughs> what I love is about this the fact that this bible the real one so we think mm. is in this little priory down the road 
I thought, having looked it up in the news, oh, they must have based it on the fact they found that one in Gisborne. No, this was written before the one just popped up in no in East Lancashire. The one that popped up in East Lancashire was after this. That's wow. so cool. Do you think it was because they watched this episode of Love, John? They and were thought, like, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, we've got a Marston Bible. That isn't looks that, a bit like the one they said got? on Lovejoy. Let's look at the watermark. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope that's what happens. I really hope that's what happened. Um, so basically, they're going to go... So, um, Lovejoy ropes in... Because obviously, Raymond is a Cambridge academic, so he pretends that he... I don't think he actually is a, a theology academic. Or, we don't no. know, actually. We don't actually know what his... Yeah, we don't know what his discipline is, discipline do we? Discipline is, no. I, anyway. um, Cambridge... See, to me, Cambridge is not humanities. So yeah, I feel like I don't he, know, he, it is. Well, it but, is. Yeah, but in my, they turned me down not, to do English. Well, this, this is what I think. You should have gone to Oxford. They would have had you. I, I just I just don't think Cambridge take the humanities seriously. I didn't, I didn't really want to go to either, to be honest. Um, I did, but imagine what a prick I'd be. So, thank God. Oh, God, yeah, you'd be Look insufferable. I would be absolutely... I'm, I'm pretty bad now. Like, it would be the worst. You'd be an absolute dickhead. Um, so, <laughs> so, basically, Raymond's going to pretend to be... Not pretend to be, he is an academic. Mm. He's going to pretend to be... in. Uh, I guess a theology academic who's interested in the Bible, and obviously he's got the credentials to say, "Yeah, look, I am a Cambridge professor." He's got his university staff card. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, um, so basically, they they're going to go to the priory, get the real one, swap it for Charlie's. No, no, swap it for Raymond's one because Charlie's got no. Swap <laughs> the, the real one this was easy to for one day and get Charlie's as well. Brackets. Yeah. Tink will do this. What? Yeah, I don't and that, know and what I mean, by appealing to his vanity, that's how they get it off Charlie. Yes, go, wouldn't this look great it. with a crest? Tink goes to so Tink needs to get the Bible from Charlie to. Oh, I know. Basically, they need to <laughs> they need to be able to show the real in inverted commas one, and then uh, without getting caught, swap it for one of the fake ones so that the fake one goes in the library where it's just going to be locked away anyway mm. they get the real one back and then does Charlie then get a fake that's of the real right. one back that's and then right. Charlie gets the fake Charlie gets the, real the real one goes back to the priory no that's it Charlie gets yeah. oh yeah they already no no because the real one yeah, goes go back to the priory, priory. They, because he doesn't want to con the church out of their rightful that's where it should be again it's everything in its rightful place so they, so they go into the priory they swap the real one for Raymond's one, but they still need to get Charlie's one because they need to do the swap at the. I feel like college. there was an unnecessary swap somewhere along the line here. I feel like there's I'd... three. You only mm. really need two. You need a real one and a fake one. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure but they had to. But they had somewhere. to swap. They had to swap. Anyway, it made <laughs> actually made sense to me. <laughs> it made sense at the Not time. Not so much when you're explaining it to us. No, it did make sense to me at the time, and I, I sort of wrote it down. I'm just, I'm just. It was complicated. It. it was complicated. So they, they get Charlie's one back off him by. That's right, Tink saying, "Oh, this would look great with your crest inlaid in the cover." Your family crest. Your family crest. And Charlie's like, "Well, I don't have a family crest." He's like, "Well, you could design one." Oh, it's brilliant. So he, now, so he takes you can it. just design one. You can. People, people do. I went to the. Now, what's it called? I want to say that it's not the College of Arms, but it's it, it's something. It's called something like, the, like that, isn't it? I was going to say the Royal Armouries. That's a different thing. <laughs> that's guns. Uh... Have you got your own crest, Polly? 
Me? Of course I am. Oh, I thought you were going to say I went to this place and we made no, one. No, no, no. I went, I went on a, a tour of the uh, of the, uh, the College of Heraldry, isn't it? Ooh. It's heraldry. I loved learning about all that at school. I really remember that. It was very interesting. And uh, it's all very complicated and there's there's lots of sort of symbology around. If you have a line through through it, you're... Oh, it is called the College of Arms. It's called the College yeah, of Arms. College of Arms it, yeah, College of Arms. I thought that yeah. was right. Yeah, and uh, and but the the sort of the art or whatever is called heraldry, isn't it? Mm. Um, I believe. And they, I'm probably going to get corrected if I'm wrong. And there's all sorts of rules, a bit like there were with icons around Ooh. what you can put on which ones, what denotes what, who's allowed to have which particular symbols or animals. So it's, it, it is interesting. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So so yeah. We're so Gimbert's gonna do his his quest, which is great. But then in the meantime, Beth, you know, despairing of ever being allowed to pursue her dream of working in antiques, has run away from home. Oh. And she she says, "I've run away." And they go, "Where to?" And she goes, "Here." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And so Lovejoy's again, like, "No, sorry, Beth. Come on." You I'm get take Lovejoy, you back the nurturing father, definitely fatherly yeah. here, isn't he? And isn't it interesting that actually, that's what finally wins her dad over. And I presume, although it's not explicitly mentioned, that he knows even if he doesn't let on that it was Lovejoy that brought her back or that she said it was Lovejoy. Because the two things that have started to impress him are... So Charlotte has sort of impressed him... Uh, sorry, I realise we've jumped ahead because the, the gist of this... This is a pivotal moment because the gist of this is that she does end up staying because Lovejoy says, no, you've not run away. No, you're going home. And he basically says, look, there's a line. You, you've got to go home. You live at home. You live yeah. with your family. You love your family. Don't do anything rash. And... I think this is the point you think, oh, maybe he is a better divvy of people than we give him credit for, because that is the exact thing that her dad responds to and allows her to then stay. And the only other moment that you've seen a flicker of her dad responding was when she he says to Charlotte, your father must be very proud of you. Mm. It's that fatherly thing. And yeah. I think he sees Lovejoy. Do you know what? Actually, this guy's all right. I know he's going to do right by my daughter because he clearly... Yeah, he's not just using her for muscle. He's an honourable man, basically, yeah. even though he might be a bit of a cad stroke, bounder stroke, road stroke. All of the other, yeah. All of the other terms... Cove. All of the other terms that have been used by uh, UK TV Play. Anyway, um, yeah. sorry, I've managed to sort of wrap up that storyline no, a little early, but it is... That's a really good, like... Summary of it. I'm quite so enjoying where... my notes saying Ray and LJ switchy swappy inquiry. <laughs> yeah, so they do so the they've, swap. They've got that. So they've, they've got, got the real. They've got the real bible now from the priory. They've put Raymond's one there to you know. Yeah, but then this is where I, I thought about another hole in this plot for me because I'm sure they say that originally when when Raymond went to his college, he gave he loaned the bible to the library. Right, he definitely they definitely said that right. So they yeah, had it yeah. in the library. Okay. The fake, we, which we now know was a fake, and no one noticed. Yeah. So why? So why so is why he now so bothered? Now? So why is he now so exactly? Direction? Exactly. Like they've had this bible before. So why would they now check it and realize it's a fake if they didn't realize it was a fake before? I just didn't understand that. I was like, you're doing all of this for no reason, which actually, as it turns out, is true. <laughs> yeah. And then that's what. And that's where all this confusion comes out about, like, who's got what. Basically, the conversation we were just having about, like, yeah. why did you just... Where got... Charlotte asks about the Bible. Charlotte asking about the Bible is the only thing confusing me. I wrote down at the time. Yeah. And then about five minutes earlier in our conversation, we just had exactly the conversation that yeah. Charlotte asked. Where she's like, like, hang on, where's the real... What? 
Yeah. So basically... And doesn't he say, stop it, you're confusing everybody? Yeah. It's, it's very funny. It's very comical, this whole thing about, like, swapping the Bibles around. Because it is a fun... It's a farce. You know, it's a t- classic yeah. farce, isn't it? Like... You know, swapping things around. It is. And and over the top, because no one's going to look in that level of detail. I don't think anybody at any point would have noticed. They would have noticed in like well, as it turns years out. time as it was being digitised for the collection. And some exactly. diligent research. They probably know now. Like, now that it's on. 2021, they probably all realise. And if you were the diligent researcher who found this out as part of your PhD, you were the one who was like, hang on a second, this watermark's not correct. This Bible's a fake. Would you report it? Or would you report it and your supervisor be like, you know what, never mind. Yeah, let's just, let's uh, just, let's just not really, that's not relevant, just, that's not relevant. As far as we're concerned, it's the correct one. Yeah. So then we actually go to the day, or it's the big day. It's the day of Raymond's investiture as master of his college, which I think they do say the name of it at some point, but it's obviously not a real, they call mm. it something like McClare. It's McClare, isn't it? Yeah. McClare. So I don't think any McClare. college, because I kept thinking they were talking about Clare College, which is a college in yes. Cambridge. And I was then surprised that any that they would actually do it where they're kind of associating this college with <laughs> yeah with being a bit all sorts of with being a bit doddery and a bit dodgy because they're um you know basically giving him this honor because for, he's in exchange for bundle. something mm-hmm. and also just being a bit thick because nobody's ever checked and, and they're supposed to be academics and also at this point realized because all i was thinking was i know about academic ceremonies these are planned well in advance yeah <laughs> why are love joy charlotte and tinker at Suddenly the ceremony there. like they wouldn't be allowed in you need tickets like months it ahead but it was the 90s so maybe it was a bit more lax i'm gonna suggest that it was maybe not quite as safety first as we are now but yeah oh yeah and and what i also noticed was because obviously the, the bible they're all looking at the bible the library is looking at the bible everyone's very excited mm. but they were, like considering it's like an ain not ancient sorry but you know a a yeah, you think they wouldn't be touching it all yeah. like that? Oh. When you go into now, I'm sure you both know the thing about white gloves. In fact, I'm sure you know about it because wasn't it on no such thing as it a fish? Was on, literally yes, last week, it was. It was. Yeah. So they would be touching it because it's safer to touch an old book with your bare hands than it is. Oh no, to... no, that's that's true. I wasn't saying they should. I'm just saying more that they shouldn't just be passing it around where there's booze around and there's food. Yeah, and well, I just felt like it was a bit in a corner, and they're just like, oh, have a look at that. Hey, Dave, Dave, you seen this Bible? You know, it's a bit. They do. So they so they do this sort. So basically, they take the real Bible to the thing, put it in the library, and then they did this when they swap it. They literally just do it like right in front of the librarian. I will say though, doing things in plain sight is the way. It's a get better way to do them because them. nobody would be that. And also, yeah. but it's weird because they do it like before it's actually in the library. So I mean, at what point do they think the librarian's going to check? Yeah. It's, all, it's all very... It just doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't really. It, it doesn't really. Sense. Sense. Prizes there. I don't and it, care. it turns out it was all... It didn't really matter anyway. Yeah, because Lovejoy then returns to the... So they've done the swap at the college. All's well. Richard Bryce is the master. And then Lovejoy goes back to the priory. Takes it so delicately. Oh, at this point... Like, oh, I'm going to put it back where it belongs. I got stressed out about the most stupid thing. So Lovejoy goes to the priory where he's previously left the fake because now he's returning, in his eyes, the real one. It's uh, just a so, bit about the key. So and the, how did he get into the bloody case? Well, look, the, the guy kind of leaves him alone and he and he gets into the case. The bit that stressed me out was he lifted out the Bible that was in the case and just shut it and put it to one side and then got out the other one that was shut and put it in. I was like, oh, you've got to put it to the right page. What yeah, if, what I if it was that. on that page for a reason? 
lesson because it's the specific time of year it has to be on that stupid lesson. Well, I, I was really I quite that. stressed about it, and then it I all thought, got blown out of the water because I thought that, but I also thought. How did he just so conveniently... Did they just leave it open? Because they don't know he's gone back to... But why would they lock it? They're, like, monks or something. Yeah, because other people are dickheads. Well, maybe. Well, they were just very... They didn't really... And also, it had a lock on it, didn't it? I didn't mean, they it did have a lock, lock on it. The first time around, when Raymond went and had a look Having at it, said that, it... we have seen Lovejoy pick several locks. That is so... true. That's very true. One they just seemed very blasé about the safety of their priceless Bible. Well, but... they're bothered because they're monks. They don't believe in material possessions. Not... And luckily, they don't believe in material possessions because this one's a frigging fake anyway. But it, this isn't... It's not... I don't think they would <laughs> care about it because it's a material possession that's worth money so much as care about it because it is priceless in the sense of it's the word a, of a God. great work of the word of God rendered in its most beautiful form using the art of uh, you know printing She's that had only been developed it <laughs> <laughs> had only been developed fairly you know, recently before it was actually yeah. made. I mean as an as an article as an expression of faith the item is so mm. important. Okay, that makes that, sense. But it's also fake. So it didn't yeah, really so matter. Yeah, so with them, Lovejoy has it, because he's not really had a chance to look at the real Bible, because obviously it was Raymond that took it before to do the yeah. top of room. So yeah, yeah so that's true. right. So he takes a close look at the, the real Bible from the Priory, and that's also a flipping fake. But obviously, <laughs> but the librarian didn't notice. Basically, no one noticed. So it doesn't matter. Like, Nobody cares. We... Nobody what? cares when your stupid Marston Bible was printed. Nobody and no one's going to notice anyway, except you, Lovejoy, mm. as he says at the end. Mm. And then and then we have the lovely, as we've just already seen, the wrapping up of the Beth and her dad storyline, where basically Beth's dad is so impressed that Lovejoy, you know, sent Beth back home when yeah. she ran away, that he's allowing her to stay for a trial period and just, you know, continue to work with them. And, so she's and obviously he doesn't want to be upset, which is lovely. He said, mm. I never intended that. And it could have gone either way. Yeah. I mean, he could have got uh, potentially very angry with her. But he doesn't. Yeah. He says, you know what, I didn't want you to run away. I don't want you to be actively unhappy. So do you know what? He's basically given in yeah. to her running away. I mean, if it, if it but... was my dad, that would have been it. End of job. Possibly end of going outside. <laughs> like it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened at Although all. Although she's meant to be a young adult. She's not, you know, she's not fifteen. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Um and then we and then we have the brilliant thing about Gimbert, so he's brought his design oh, for his it's crest. So cute. <laughs> this no, I think this no. was like the nail in the brilliant. coffin of my heart for oh no, I think I do quite like him. Oh, it was oh, so childlike in a sweet way. It was actually quite innocent and lovely, wasn't it? I wish we needed to get maybe a screenshot of it or something, because it's like the it's basically like the lion and the unicorn, but it's it's a unicorn and someone makes and a comment like it's got like an ice cream cone on its head. It's a horse and eating... They say he's wearing a, a onesie a horse, or he's wearing pyjamas A horse eating an ice cream and then a, something in pyjamas. So he's got a tiger and a unicorn and then he's got his motto. Oh yeah, did you translate it? Because I didn't. Well, no, it's Pax Gimbertus. Oh, so it's just like... But that Gimbert just means peace. a piece of Gimbert. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a nice May the piece of Gimbert be upon you. <laughs> Where, where he's not very good with them. Um, Raymond says, "Oh, are you a religious man?" And he basically goes, "Oh no, I haven't got time for all that bollocks." He basically says that. Oh, so yeah, bless him. It's a very sweet moment, and so yeah, all's well that ends well. Everyone's happy, um, but then there's a weird sort of like coda where um, the librarian from mm. Raymond's college gets in touch with Gimbert because he wants to look at Gimbert's Marston Bible because obviously now Gimbert's got the what he thinks is a real one back. 
But like, and everyone's like, oh, oh. No, it's no. Like, but hang on, you know, they're it all fake. It doesn't matter. No one knows no. what a real one looks like anyway. Well, they, they now do in East Lancashire. Apart from Lovejoy and the... <laughs> they think. They think it could be a fake. Who it could knows? be a very good fake. I mean, Lovejoy and the football priest were the only ones that that seemed to know what a real one was. But anyway... That... And Lovejoy only knew because of the football, because he says at the end, when his final line where he says, uh, you know, this is this has happened, that's happened, he sort of sums up and then he says, and I've become an expert in fake Marston Bible. <laughs> yeah. But I like the fact that, again, although it was it's quite a funny line, it was Lovejoy saying, you know what, it's just something I didn't know about. Now, frankly, I wish I didn't know about it, but I've learned about yeah. it. He's always learning, and I quite like that. It's like it. when we say what we've learned in yeah, the podcast. So what, what, what have we so learned? So what have we learned? Have we learned about fake... Well, you've learned about real Marston Bibles, Polly, because you went and did I some have. research. I, I learned about them too because I didn't know anything about them. So that was very interesting. We've all learned about about Marston Bible. But I learned that also, like, everyone was so interested whether they were real or not, but actually no one knew whether they were real or not. It was very So it didn't hard. matter. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Um, I learned <laughs> that this was right at the beginning when um, uh, Tinker, Tinker was basically like, you have to go and speak to Faith and Hope about these books because we can't pay the rent. And so I kind of learned that they've never really figured out how to make their ends meet and it just made me yeah. feel better for getting to the end of every month and being like <laughs> okay I have 10 pounds in my bank account I have done well I've done well <laughs> Emma's learned that or fictional characters also have problems with adulting yes yes yeah. oh, like, just, just kind of made me feel reassured of like yeah you can just go month to month it's all right like yeah. what's the worst that can happen exactly it's all it's fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, my my Antique of the Week also links to what I... So I learned something else. And actually, we didn't mention this at the time, but I think this is my Antique of the Week just because it was very beautiful. So when they're, when they're dining in the college, hmm. they have the port in a, in a decanter. Oh, yes. I, I just... Oh, I mean, basically, because there's booze in it as well. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're reverting to type again. Our fans will Yeah, booze. yeah. So... They have this very wide-bottomed decanter, and Lovejoy is obviously like appraising it, and um, it says, "Oh, it's a ship's decanter." Obviously, it has the wide bottom, so it's stable on the ship. Lovely. And, I'm like, oh. and that was a lovely. Oh, so I learned nice, that, actually. and that was lovely. And it was a very beautiful. It was glass. a nice decanter. You see, this is where Helen shows that she's sort of slightly more upmarket and civilized than me, <laughs> and she wants this beautiful decanter. I was going to say, "Can I have VHS?" Oh. Like VHS videotapes because all my Lovejoy episodes were taped onto VHS and every now and then my mum would accidentally record like curry onto oh the God, one that was furious. already in and all of that and it would cause a massive family I, row. I stayed up the other night because A Hard Day's Night was on I think BBC4 oh yeah, I saw and that. Um, my VHS tape of A Hard Day's Night honestly still now is probably my most treasured possession i've nothing to play Aww. it on now no i watched I it got... every day of my life sometimes twice a day uh for at least eight or nine years so Amazing. when you talk about having lovejoy on vhs i have the same yeah. feeling like that was I my can hard see day's night the videotape and i can see the sticker on it where i've written it on it and... oh yeah i i can i've written lovejoy in my slightly oh. like right and, and i could just hear in the rewind if i could get to the bit where john was in the bath 
crucially. And uh, <laughs> it was just... Yeah, you're right. VHS is a lovely thing to have. I feel stupid about my antique now. Go on then, what are you having? Well, I would like the Arcadian Pottery Cottage, the cream cottage that they oh, showed yeah. to um, to Lovejoy. So Faith and Hope have all their trinkets oh, yes. and stuff. And it's one of the trinkets they show to him. And they say, oh, I think it's Arcadian. And he says, oh yes, it's probably from the Empire Exhibition in 1924. But the reason I would like it, and it's a very small, kind of plain cream pottery cottage it's quite small i don't know this isn't helping it's a podcast it's like two inches high <laughs> um but i've got two pottery cottages that i've bought in um antique shops not antique shops why did i say that that i've bought in charity shops that mm. are so adorable and i would love to have like a little an extra one so i want that one because it would go oh well i nearly well i i nearly went for the vhs like you know covers because that was so nostalgic. That was so nostalgic. I could just pitch like all my my own front room and all my friends' front rooms. With mm. everyone, everyone. It is just the most nineties thing ever, though, isn't it? The the covers for VHS. Oh, it's it's really making me laugh that we didn't have them, and I'm like, that's so no, weird. we didn't, Why didn't have we them. have them because I know my we friends did. But then I'm like, yeah, but we didn't have bookshelves or books. So what would we have done with them? We just had endless videotapes <laughs> in the little cardboard things that you slid them into just yeah. all piled up oh, in this cupboard those stickers in the lounge. that you got they were my favorite With the stickers thing. as you peel off and you write and then and then you'd record over it so then you'd cross you'd out cross on the sticker out, yeah. and you'd write next and there were some where there were like five things crossed out and then in the corner it would say like love joy and where you'd recorded <laughs> it over something else so, oh this is so nostalgic oh. we didn't give our marks out of ten Not no yet. we'll do them we'll do now we can do it now what was yours then eh? Well, it's quite hard, isn't it? Because I think I made some sort of decision that I wasn't going to give anything a really high mark after Eric left, but it did have Richard Bryce in it. It did have Rudolf Walker in it. It was. It did have Academia in it, which obviously I love. And um, I really want to give it a nine. Yeah, Ooh, give it a nine. Give it a nine. I loved it. I loved it. It was so funny, and it was so. Do you know? It's, it's funny because I know there were lots of things that just didn't quite work and it, it was a bit Benny Hill and there were some slightly implausible moments. But for the sake of continuity the the, the and the actually quite deep sort of sub-storyline about Beth and her mm. dad and the, the sort of commentary on family relations and all of that and because it had Bibles in which I'm... Quite partial to Polly a Bible. Bible. Helen likes a bureau. Polly likes a Bible. I'm partial to a Bible. And this Bible. is a Bible in um, a bureau. I mean, <laughs> Anna is just the, That was another the, one of my potential antiques. I mean, there were a lot of choice this week for me. Mm. Well, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I am going to give it an eight just because I, I loved it. Like all the things that you're saying, the humour, the amazing actors, the just the, everything was great. But I just was like... I know you have to suspend your disbelief to an extent, but (laughs) the story just didn't make sense for me. I'm like, they're so bothered about someone finding out this Bible's fake, but no one knows which ones are fake and which ones are real, so it doesn't matter. And maybe that was the point. That was another layer of comedy that actually this is Mm. all pointless. But it just kind of, I was just, again, I think I I say this a lot, but I was distracted by that. I was like, oh, but what about this? What about that? Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of distracting me from just enjoying it, which is probably my own fault for overthinking things. But yes, so, I th- so I'd give it an eight. It was really, really great, but it wasn't like top, top for me, although it was a fab episode. I ought to come back to the cocktail theme because obviously I started by drinking a cocktail and I'm still 
pretty much stringing a sentence together. And I thought you were going to say it, and I'm still pretty much with, drinking that cocktail. I, 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 I finished <laughs> that cocktail, and I sensibly did not go on to the next one. I'll have the the rhubarb thing on me the next time. But I did ask uh, our Twitter followers if Lovejoy was a cocktail, what would he be? Which just sounds like one of those questions on Blind Day. If you were a cocktail, Ooh. what would you be and Ooh, why? Be, uh... We have the foulest answer ever from Kevin that I'm going to read. No, He's, Kevin. I no, don't listen want to Kevin this. to be no, foul. No, not foul as in naughty, just foul as in That's disgusting. Fine. Listen I'm to this. Now. He I'm said, modified. no, listen to this. He says, gin, champagne, Earl Grey, milk and two sugars. The idea of that all in one glass just makes me just I wretch could a little go bit. with gin, champagne, Earl Grey. Possibly a sugar. That might be okay. It's the milk that's wrecking that milk. for me. Oh, no. I don't milk, think milk, milk sounds awful. Should um, I don't like a dairy cocktail. Lynn, Lynn just said tea, and that's perhaps fair that's enough. That's not a cocktail, Lynn. I mean, it, the, in but, a way I it mean, is. it's fair enough. Uh, you could mix your tea. You could have a... a well, tea you is a blend. A tea Island is a blend. Tea. You could have, you a, could have a Long Island iced tea. Island. In, a, in a Manchester United mug. A Long Island iced tea in a Man U mug. Um... And then there's someone that I don't think we've heard of before. It has a very cool name. They they call themselves Trash Bag Full of Coals on their um on their Twitter and they've written some sort of counterfeit bathtub gin. And I yes. thought yes. And they'd have to drink it in a jacuzzi with smoked <laughs> yeah, salmon. With smoked salmon. <laughs> so I like that. I like that. Thank you. Thank you, world. Brilliant. Love I enjoyed it. that very much. Do you want to do all the plugs for all the uh Yes, we should do all the plugs for all the things. Because I've had a lot of alcohol and you can probably remember them. Uh, you can follow us online at Lovejoy Apod on Twitter and Instagram. You can join us on Patreon because it, uh, it really helps. We had a business meeting before yes. this recording, uh, which went before very well. My favourite work meeting ever because it lasted for 20 minutes. No, it didn't. It lasted for two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Yeah, five <laughs> it lasted minutes. for like five minutes and um, and we got a lot of stuff sorted out, but... I realise it sounds like we're recording this on a cassette tape in uh, what, what are they called? <laughs> the magnetophone. On yeah. the magnetophone. Magnetophone. But, uh, but we're not. But we're not. You have to store them in places and pay money. So it really, really does actually genuinely help us not to have adverts and not to bother you too much when we've got supporters on Patreon. So that is lot uh, no it's not. So that is And not make <laughs> us go bankrupt by paying yeah. for all of these all of these things. Particularly in lockdown, seriously, because we've had to pay for Zoom so that we can record and yes, see each exactly. other and do that so because we, yeah, we've not so... you know, we would normally do them in person and we haven't been able to do that for nearly a year. Do now. you know what? I didn't even think of that. You're right. Yeah. So a lockdown brings with it its own expenses like Zoom and Buying more booze because we're very depressed. All those. If <laughs> <laughs> we need an excuse yeah, to buy so that's, more booze. Um, Patreon, p a t r e o n, Patreon dot com forward slash Lovejoy. Actually, Polly's going to write some amazing posts for it, and I've I said am, it out loud. I, 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 I really it. am. <laughs> oh, she can't. She can't do it at the moment. Yeah. Um, we are potentially running a half marathon for Royal Trinity Hospice. And we will do it at some point. We just don't know when. Just not sure when it'll be Um, But if you join us on Patreon, we do give um, a a cut of that. I realised I didn't say this in the business meeting. The calculation of the money we had in there, I Mm. had already taken off the 10% that we give to Trinity. 
in case oh, you I did wonder in why case the you exchange went back rate... and looked at it and was like, that's not the exchange rate that I had. I did, th- I did think it was a very poor exchange rate actually at the time, <laughs> but I just didn't say anything. <laughs> so I, yeah, so we give 10% of our Patreon stuff to Royal Trinity Hospice and we do other fundraising for them, which you can find out about at Lockjaw. Oh, so you can re-watch, you can watch it back. It's great. Yes. So yeah, so you can find out about um, how we support Royal Trinity Hospice, who looked after Dudley Sutton at the end of his life at www.lovejoyactually.com forward slash trinity. It's got a link to our Just Giving page for the run, um, but also the other stuff that we've got up to over the past few yeah, months. Yeah, because even if the run doesn't happen in April, it will happen. It so we, will we will happen. We will do it whenever it happens. So yeah. you can still donate. Um, and if you just want to buy us a drink, it's K That'd be amazing. O, no, not slash. It's ko-fi.com forward slash love directly. Woo, that's it. Thank you, everyone. Do you know, we had the most gorgeous review and I was having a really bad day because it was the point that, again, we'd sort of gone back into mm. lockdown and everything was so awful. Do you want me to read it out? I've got it on my yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. So they've called it the joy of love joy. And, um, but I, I do like the fact because it just sort of appeals to me that they're, the name that they've used is still unimportant, is the name that they've used for themselves on, when they pointed, posted well, the thing. And I think you're very important to us because this absolutely made my day. And also it was posted on my birthday and that made me happy. It's oh, birthday present um, for Polly. So they have written... Came across this by chance and love it. The lady's affection for the series is palpable, genuine and infectious, which is very nice to hear. Although maybe infectious is a bad word to use at the moment about <laughs> anything. But there you go. Uh, the presentation tone occasionally drifts into Hindu screechy harpy territory. Yeah, sorry. I thank you. Um, but only be- only because they love it so much. So it's all right. We've got to get, a- get out of jail free card there. Anyway, it is their show. Yes, it is. Uh, and I guess the girls just want to have fun. Yes, we do. Thank you, Cindy Lauper. Uh, really enjoy their knowledge, opinions and insights. And it's a great excuse, as if one is needed, to revisit the DVD box set. DVD, not VHS. Mm. For the record, the best Lovejoy episode is Series 2's Who Dares Sings. I'd yes. almost agree with that. I mean, we loved it. We did love it and we gave it a very good review because it was great one. bloody awesome. So that was really lovely. So thank you ever, ever so much. Still unimportant. You are very you are important, important to us. So important. And uh, that pushed us up the ratings and it also just made me very happy. Oh, so uh, please, massaged like, my ego. So rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> and uh, we will see you again very soon. Bye. 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 Let's tell May the peace can be aqua like that. And also with you. Yeah, and also with you. <laughs> <laughs>